staying on the shelf, and truly that's not what Christmas is about. And uh, so it is coming on Christmas time, and I'm going to take a few messages in the month of December to focus in on that, and I'm looking forward to that and kind of trying to plan a little bit of that, and and then also looking towards the new year. It's hard to believe that um, we this is the last Wednesday night of November, and uh, we're looking into December. We've got just a few more Wednesday nights in December where we'll meet together, and then we'll be in January, and uh, what a new year can bring. And so we've got our Bibles open to Judges chapter 13, Judges chapter 13. If you need an outline tonight, um, do you mind getting those, Miss Stacy? Well, you want to get Alyssa if you, if you don't want to. Uh, just raise your hand if you need an outline. It is one that we've covered the last couple of weeks, but, but uh, it's been a while since I've handed that out. So uh, we started that <laughs> three weeks ago. I, that is unreal. Uh, Judges chapter 11, 13, um, and uh, we started that on the 9th. We talked about who, who was the revelation given to, and the revelation was given to uh, <clears throat> the dad, Manoah, of Samson. And then we talked about the request that was made by Manoah, and Manoah made a request that he wanted to uh, teach. He's asked the angel of the Lord to teach him how to be a father. And uh, wow, we talked about that kind of request uh, being made. That uh, man, out of all the questions you could ask God, what that question that he asked the angel of the Lord is very interesting to me. And so we talked about that. But tonight, if you will, it's on the back page there. We're going to talk about respect. Talk about respect. In verse number 15, we're not going to read all, 12, all 10 verses there tonight, but Judges chapter uh, 14, we'll read you know, five or six verses and get started there and kind of take some thoughts. And... Verse number uh, 15. Bible says, And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee <coughs> until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, uh, Though thou... Uh, Thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? And when thy sayings come to pass, we may do to honor to do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock upon the, uh, unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on, for it came to pass when the flame went up and toward heaven from uh, off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended into the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on and fell on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and, his, and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. 
So the question that we had, or the question that Manoah basically had, was who was this Manoah? So I understand Manoah and his wife, it never gives her name, this is Samson's parents. All right, so Samson's parents get a revelation from the angel of the Lord that they're going to have a child. Uh, She was barren. She could not have children. And so this angel Lord came to them and said, you will have this child. Now, here we are the second time around where the angel Lord appears. Manoah gets to see it. And now they get to see Manoah's, uh, this angel of the Lord. Now, there's a couple things I want to see, I want us to look here, is I want to look at the respect that Manoah had towards this angel of the Lord. Now, I, in this text, you'll see a couple different things. But in, in verse Number 19, so Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. The angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. So what did Manoah do? What did he do? He offered a sacrifice. To who? To the Lord, because of what God had done. Now, you really think about the depth of what Manoah did. And you say, what do you mean, think about the depth? They worshipped, at this time, it was heavy, 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 heavy bell worship. Idol worship, bell worship, that's what was taking place in the country of Israel. Um, and so Manoah was surrounded by people that worshipped Baal. Noah was, Manoah was surrounded by people that did not worship God. And so it said something about Manoah's faith. That he would sacrifice unto the Lord. Not only does it show his faith, but it also shows what his father taught him or somebody taught him, okay? And I I, I immediately say father because, uh, if you will, because we are supposed to teach our children. Manoah found out how to offer the sacrifice from someone. He didn't learn it all on his own. Someone taught him that. Because being raised up in a place that's surrounded by bell worship, they don't teach you how to worship God. They don't teach you how to make a sacrifice. They don't teach you how to make an altar, prepare the kid, and then offer that sacrifice unto God. So someone taught Manoah. It teaches us of his faith. It teaches us of his father. (coughs) I believe this is what it teaches us. But you think about this. What was the purpose of the sacrifice? Why do you think? What's the purpose of this sacrifice? To please the Lord. What is, um, what is, what does sacrificing do? Um, in the Old Testament, when the when the children of Israel would offer sacrifices, what would it do? It was a signification of pleasing the Lord. But then also, what else was it? It was a type of worship. Okay. So what was what was what was Manoah doing? He was trying to please the Lord, and then he was trying to what? Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Is that right? Sir? Is that right? Oh, yeah, I agree. That's 100%. So as you look at this, this is what Manoah wanted to do. It wasn't for the angel. It wasn't for Manoah's wife. It, wasn't, it was simply just to please God and to worship God. That 
sacrifice. Now, you say, well, how could I liken that unto myself? Do you know that every one of you have made sacrifices in your life? To get to where you're at? Yes or no? Yeah, you've made sacrifices. Things you've done without? Right? The Bible says in the New Testament in Romans chapter 12 that, uh, I'm not going to quote it right, so I want to read it to you. He says in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that as you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So what does that mean? That my body, who I am, ought to be a living sacrifice to who? To God. So who I am and what I do and what I say and where I go and what I wear and what I, what I consume and what I do with this body ought to do what? Say that a little bit louder. Please the Lord. That's right. Please the Lord. What, I, what should I do with my body? Not only should I please the Lord, but what else should I do? With the sacrifice. What else does the sacrifice do? Worship. Worship the Lord. Now, how are you going to worship God? Okay. Yeah? We can worship God through prayer. How else can we worship God? Through our actions. Okay. How else can you worship God? Through your time, being obedient to His Word. What did you say? Giving. Giving. Yeah. There's a lot. A lot of times in today's realm of thinking, they believe and, and push that worship is done on a stage. And everyone worships the people that are up there performing. Because that's not a, this is, look, this is not a stage. Anything that takes place on that, on that platform is, for, is not a performance. It's not for praise of man. It's not to get somebody to say, Woohoo, man, did you see what you did? If anybody ever steps on that platform and wants that, it's a wrong desire. Amen. It's a wrong thing. Right. Because that is not for a performance. That is not for someone to congratulate you because you've done good. Because if it is, then I'm not worshiping God. Yes? True worship is defined a lot different than most people think that true worship is. Bible says worship Him in spirit and truth. God is spirit. Absolutely he is. Absolutely he is. Now you say, when I get up there and sing, I don't want to sound terrible. Okay? 
And so I'm going to make sure that I try to practice and make sure I hit most of my notes that I sing and try to make sure that I sound in the right bars and Miss Stacy's not going too crazy trying to follow me play and then all that kind of stuff. But, but ultimately, I'm not, I'm not doing it to please Trenton. And, I, I, and if there ever comes a time when I want Trenton glorified, there ever comes a time when I want Trenton to be magnified, I'm wrong. Even in my preaching, if there's ever a time in my preaching that I want Trenton to be glorified and Trenton to be magnified and Trenton to have the attention, then I'm wrong. Because it's not about me. It's about the Lord. And when Manoah offered that sacrifice, you know, he wasn't worried about pleasing Manoah. He wasn't worried about bringing... Did you see what I did? Did you see what I did? Did you see what I accomplished? That's not what Manoah did. He simply wanted to please the Lord. And he wanted to worship God. And when we come together and we truly worship God and we put away all that stuff that we leave behind and all of our failures and all of our... Uh, we come in with a clear mind and we truly want to worship God, then we can truly worship God when we come together. Truly worship God in song. Because you're singing and I'm singing and we just truly want to please who? Please God. And it's not about anything else. I love music. I love elaborate music. I love to hear music being played. But all of that, especially in God's house, is for one purpose. And it's not to please me. It's to please God. And it's supposed to do that with, just like Manoah did. He was concerned about pleasing the Lord. Concerned about pleasing the Lord. We look at Manoah's sacrifice out of respect. But then I also want to look at this, Manoah's fear in all of this. Look in, uh, in verse number 21. Now, verse 22, I'm sorry. Manoah said unto his wife, we shall surely die because we've seen God. Boy, he had some fear, didn't he? He was afraid. He simply was afraid that he saw God. Who was God? The angel of the Lord was. That was Jesus. That was the Son of God. They got to see, he got to see God. And it was... It was a statement that, made, that Moses made, I think, in Exodus, something about you can't see the face of God and live or something like that, where people have taken that scripture and said, well, man, if you see God, you're going to die. But Manoah got to see God and Moses got to see God and, and Paul got to see God and all these, there were different people that got to see God with their own eyes. They didn't die. I, I think it was Isaiah that got to see God. They didn't die. Manoah, he was afraid that he was, gonna, he was going to die. But what I love about that is that in Manoah's fear, afraid of dying, who calms him? Look in verse 20, 23. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would 
not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands, neither would he have showed all these things, nor would as at that time have told us such things as these. Who calmed his fear? His wife's faith. Shh, hey, hey, it's okay. God's got this under control. Because if he wanted us dead, <laughs> he would have killed us before you got that sacrifice going, Manoah. Just hang on, bud. This is God. You know what, wives? Sometimes you got you to gotta calm that husband down, don't you? Shh, shut up. Quit being afraid. Now, <laughs> I knew it. That's the only reason why I said that. <laughs> Look, Miss Loretta, if you need to, get him straight out, okay? Straighten him out, okay? <clears throat> All right, let me get back on this Bible here for a little bit. But his wife, and that's why it's so important, you know, sometimes we need each other. You know, we need each other as a family, as church family. You need each other as a husband and wife. You need each other to help calm those fears. And we need each other as, as, as family, as family. Hey, you're here tonight. You, you didn't come to church tonight just to come to church, just to fill a spot. You're here on a Wednesday night. You came to church because you needed, you wanted something from the Lord tonight. Hey, do you know what I'm here to help you? I, I want to help calm those fears that you have. Oh, that's what we're here for. We're supposed to exhort each other and help each other and fellowship with each other and, and encourage each other to keep going on and keep serving God and keep doing what you're doing and keep going on, keep doing what you're doing. And what did Manoah's wife say? Hey, calm down. It's okay. Believe God. Believe God. Do you know what we need to do as Christians? We need to encourage each other. I fear that sometimes that's one thing that we fail to do. We, we can always point out the wrongs in people's life. Man, look at, man, why are you out there doing that? And why are you out there doing that? And why are you out there, you know? But too many times we, we pick on the negative rather than the positive and say, hey, hey, you've got this positive thing going, keep doing it. Hey, you, hey you've got this going, you keep doing that. You keep pressing on. You know, we've got to make sure as Christians, fellow, fellow family members, if you're born again tonight, and based on everybody's testimony, we're all born again, right? Amen. So what do we need to do? Encourage each other. Strengthen each other. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron, so that the countenance of a friend. You know how you sharpen a knife? Do you know how to sharpen a knife? Yes. She does? <laughs> Did you cut your finger today? Thanksgiving Day. Sharpening a knife? No. No, cutting. So you have a sharp knife. Ow. And Dr. Jerry fixed me up. I have text you. <laughs> you saw the you, you, <laughs> you use a knife, right? And you use a, uh, iron or steel. I, when I worked in the meat department at the grocery store, we'd have to sharpen our knives every day. Sometimes two or three times a day. And you'd have to take that steel and you'd have to take the, the knife and rub it against it because iron... Sharpens iron. How, am I, how are you going to get sharp? How are you going to stay sharp against the wiles of the devil and gets the, against, against the devil? Right here in God's house, helping each other. That, that book right there, that's right, Miss Loretta. That book's going to help keep you sharp. And you, you say, I need help. I'm here tonight to help keep you sharp. And that's what, that's what Manoah's wife did. She helped him 
in his fear. We need to help each other in our fears. <coughs> but look, look what happens. This is, I, I don't know if you want to call it redemption or uh, celebration or whatever, but look in verse number 24. And the woman, chapter 13, verse 24. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. What did God do for them? He blessed them with a son because they believed God. She was barren and couldn't have any children. And God came to them and told them they were going to have a child. And they believed God because of their respect and because of their faithfulness of doing things right in a wicked world. When all the rest of the world was worshiping Baal, they were worshiping God. And God gave them a child named Samson. God gave them a child. What a blessing. Children are a blessing of the Lord is what the Bible tells us. Not only did he give him a blessing of, of Samson, but watch this. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Verse 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtelah. What did God do? Not only did God bless him with the son of Samson, but God began to bless the son, Samson. The Spirit of the Lord. Now it's hard for us to understand sometimes a little bit, but... In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would move on and off of men and women during the Old Testament. Today, the Spirit of God indwells us. Well, I got saved. I accepted Christ as my person. I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of me. So the Bible teaches us. But in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would move on men, and He would move off of men. In this, in this scripture, that we'll read and we'll continue to read Samson's life on Wednesday night, but uh, God moved, the Spirit of God moved on to Samson's life at this period. I don't know how old Samson was. I don't know how old he was at this point. But as a young boy, the Spirit of God moved on him. You know where that came from? Why did God bless him? I truly believe one of the reasons, I, this is my opinion, okay? I truly believe one of the reasons God blessed Samson in the way that he did was because of Samson's parents, Manoah and his wife. Because they, they truly loved God in the midst of bell worship. Any questions or any thoughts? You know, in, in looking at the New Testament versus the Old Testament, talking about worship. Yes, sir. You know, in the New Testament, it talks a lot about prayer. We pray. Yes, sir. Old Testament, most... Most things were done by sacrifice. Yes, sir. And like you say, the Lord would come upon people and then they would withdraw. Yes. And uh, there was just a lot to be learned about that. And we go to uh, do a little study on worship. Yeah. The way we worship versus the way the Old Testament worship. Right. And it's... Uh, it is. It's, it's strange. And the way we ought to worship. The way we ought to worship, that's right. Yeah.
to keep us strong. Yes, sir. And if yep. people would just apply. Yeah. Because God give us so much. Yeah. We can never repay what he did. That's right. That's right. Too many people are letting other things be the God of their life. That's right. It's not good. It is. It is. I remember, Brother Jerry, I was in Bible college and I was working uh, evenings. I worked 2 to 11. But on Wednesday nights, um, before I got hired on, I told them I wouldn't work Wednesday nights. But when they moved me to 2 to 11 so that I could go to school, I told them I needed an hour lunch break at church time, and they'd let me go to church. And uh, so I took my hour lunch, and I, went, and I drove to church, and I drove back. And uh, at the time, the church was kind of changing, and um, they was going in a different direction uh, than what I felt like needed to be done, but I was just trying to get done with school and be done with all that. But anyway, so on Wednesday nights, they didn't have church anymore. Was, um, they just met and had a, like a, just a little Bible study thing. And, and uh, Wednesday nights, and, and then Sundays, we was driving back and forth going to a chapel. And so I really, I was going to church, but I wasn't being surrounded by a, a church group of people, a nu- nucleus, a great group. And uh, I got done with school, and we moved to Little Rock, and I went to a Wednesday night church service. I'd been, I'd been in school for three years, and I went to a Wednesday night church service. I'd worked all week, and I went in, and I sat down, and, and the singing, and then hearing preaching, I just was like, wow. It was so refreshing to be at a Wednesday night church service. Because I've been there. I've worked the 40 hours a week. I've worked the 50 hours a week. Wednesday night, being, in, being able to hear preaching and being able to sing the songs and worship together and pray together, it just was an uplift of time. That's what I want church to be for us. That's what I want church to be for every person that comes in this building. I want you to walk in and, and feel that you can walk out being uplifted, being exhorted, being that you've felt like you've got something from God. I don't ever want there come a day and come a time when we meet with God and it feels like you've done absolutely nothing in God's house. I don't ever want to come to that place. I don't, ever, I don't want any part of that because I'm not just marking it off the calendar that I've went to church on a Wednesday night because there have been times I've done that. But I don't want that. I don't want that for our church. I don't want that for you. I want church to be a, a, a place where it's a refuge. It's a refuge from the storm. If it's a refuge from your trouble, and you can put all that away and come in here and get something from the Lord. And that's what I, I, want, I desire for our church to be for that, for people, for you, for me, for all of us involved, <clears throat> so that we can come and come together and worship God. Amen. Anybody, any other thoughts or questions? Yes, sir. Just so I can make sure that I understand this right, can you explain to me what bell worshiping is? It's, it's uh, Baal is a god. B-A-A-L. I, I, I have probably a southern slang a little bit, so it's probably not exactly uh, the saying Baal, like a ding, 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 Baal worship, but a uh, Baal, uh, Baal worship. I don't know how you would say it. I'm not an English person, but um, am I saying it wrong? B-A-A-L. Um, so it is a god that they worshiped. Okay. Well, you can look up uh, 
it's still being worshipped today, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that just all over, or just certain country, or certain countries, more or less? But we all have our idols, I guess you'd say. But there's Moloch. They sacrifice kids to Moloch. Was it Dagon? Dagon in the Old Testament too? Yeah, Dagon. Yeah. They would take their their child, whichever one. But Baal worship is one of the big ones in the New in the Old Testament and in the Bible. Yeah. Idol worship going on in the Old Testament till how people when when you found someone that lived for the Lord like like Moloch or like Manoah. Yeah. Anyhow, that's the reason God singled them out. I feel like, like you said, because they he was a strong. Right. Had to have been. I mean, because he, like I said, he sacrificed and he, and he knew who God was and he recognized that the scriptures where the Bible does talk about that when Moses said, makes a statement in the Old Testament that you see the face of God and you won't be able to live, you know, I mean, so he knew the scriptures. So someone taught him whether he sought it out himself or whether his father did him, did as well. But, um. But as far as that, Baal is just a, a figure, someone that they worship, much like Buddha or, or um, things like that. Anybody else? Hey, you don't, you don't know the answer if you don't ask. You know, uh, i got to share this with you. Go ahead. What you do is to please the Lord. When I, when I was working, we shift work. Mm-hmm. And I had on our shift, we had about five guys. That we had two units we was running. And on nights, we'd get out there and, and talk about things. Anyhow, we were talking one night. A guy, he, he was uh, he was apostolic. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a good guy, but anyhow. But he went off and bought him like, some kind of saxophone. Uh-huh. He was talking and said, John, have you ever played a saxophone before? No, but the Lord's going to lead me. He said he took and went to church Sunday, and he said he got up there with the piano player, and they were singing and everything. Uh-huh. And he said one of the one of the men from the church come up and asked him to step off. And he said, <laughs> he said look, I'm, I'm playing this. And he said, yeah, but you're disturbing the rest of it and you don't your keys and so forth and he said hey he said i'm not playing for y'all i'm praying for the lord and, and that has stuck with me you know for some reason, <laughs> it was it wasn't long after that we all bought preach hearts and we all <laughs> it, 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 it is right playing and we had, we had a lady at the big church we went to up there playing the spoons. Oh, yeah? And it sounded good. Mm-hmm. And they finally asked her not to do it because she wasn't staying exactly in beat with mm-hmm. the instruments or something. Yeah. It sounded good. Yeah. Two spoons. Look, when I was a kid, I remember there was a little old lady that sat on the front pew. She just... <laughs> what is she doing? She's beating them spoons up, you know? I ain't never smacked them together. I always use it to put it in that mouth right here. So, probably too many times. But people don't know what they're missing on Wednesday nights. No. Yeah. 
This is a learning time. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And that's why I try to open, so you do, if you do have a question, if you do not understand something, because it is important that you learn. It is important that I learn, important that I study, because not only can I teach you things, you can teach me things. So, amen. Any other thoughts or questions before we close? Miss Stacy, you Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, she does. She's probably ready to go home. I know. If he'd shut up, right? Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house tonight. I pray that you use me in spite of me, Lord. I 